Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. It's Friday, February 24th. I'm Madeline Fox, filling in for Nomin Ujiyadeen. Coming up, the populations of Kansas's small towns have been steadily shrinking for decades as young people leave the rural Western life for bigger cities. Some families hope Youth Rodeo could help kids gain a new appreciation for their hometown's cowboy culture. I never want to quit rodeoing. I just want to teach my kids how to ride and train and feel it just like me. We'll hear from some little cowpokes competing at a Kansas rodeo and learn more about why these events have enduring appeal. And musicians in the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra thought the city's jazz scene had grown stagnant and was losing hometown talent. So they're bringing the art form directly to young people. And the kids just enjoyed it. And the teachers said that they really had a better afternoon after that. How the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra is inspiring the next generation of performers. But first, some headlines. A new lawsuit challenges a Missouri law that resulted in books being removed from school libraries. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. The ACLU filed the lawsuit on behalf of the Missouri Association of School Librarians. The suit says the new Missouri law infringes on speech, expression, and due process for educators and librarians. Melissa Corey is the president of the Library Association that is part of the lawsuit. She says librarians want to reflect their students' experiences on library shelves. Any law that's going to evaluate a book based not on its entire content, but potentially an excerpt, is something that's incredibly concerning. The law made it a crime to provide visual, sexually explicit material to students. It resulted in the removal of hundreds of titles from school libraries in Missouri. Anti-abortion Republicans are proposing constitutional amendments to strengthen Missouri's abortion ban. KCUR's Chris Fortune reports. One proposed amendment would prevent the state from funding abortion providers and their affiliates. The other would amend the Constitution to make sure nothing could be misconstrued to protect abortion. In a committee meeting this week, opponents of the legislation worried that the language could limit access to birth control and gender-affirming care, according to the Columbia Missourian. They said any affiliate of Planned Parenthood, which provides abortion in other states, could lose funding. Supporters of the proposal argued that since abortion is illegal, funding abortion should be as well. Abortion is illegal in Missouri, except in cases where there is a medical emergency. Both the Kansas House and Senate approved bills that would remove a three-day grace period for returning mail ballots. Currently, ballots returned through the mail will be counted if they are postmarked by Election Day and received within three days after polls close. The bills would change that deadline to 7 p.m. on Election Day. Opponents argue the bills would make voting harder for people who rely on the mail to cast their ballot, including college students and military personnel. Republican Senator John Dahl says it's also the result of people pushing unsubstantiated claims of election fraud. We'd look for the boogeyman. The boogeyman isn't out here on this. I just can't go more on this bill. It's just it's just crazy. Supporters say the bills help boost public confidence in state elections and create the same standard for casting ballots in person or by mail. We'll be right back. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. 
Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. As small-town populations decline, people in places like western Kansas are looking for ways to keep their rural lifestyle alive for the next generation. Some families think youth rodeo might be the answer. David Condos of the Kansas News Service reports. Mesa Headland is decked out in a brown western shirt with leather tassels dangling from leopard print shoulder patches. She's only five years old, but this is far from her first rodeo. I went here since I was two. She's waiting for her favorite event, which involves untying a ribbon from a goat's tail with help from her trusty steed named Ott. He loves kids. That's the best special about him. And he's addicted to me. We can't spend a day without hanging out with each other. This is the Young Guns Extravaganza in Dodge City. Okie doke, next to go is going to be Mindy Tuck's It's a youth rodeo where kids can dummy rope, pole bend, or barrel race their way to glory alongside their adorably named horses. This is Nacho. Jelly bean. Tomboy. So how do you turn kindergartners into wranglers? Little bitty saddles for little bitty kids. That's Melissa Vanderham. She started Young Guns eight years ago with a few other rodeo parents who wanted their kids to get more practice during the winter when other competitions shut down. They're pretty competitive little yes, six-year-olds. They are. They are. <laughs> go, 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 go. She expected to get 50 kids the first year. 120 showed up. This year, it welcomes nearly 400 little cowpokes into the arena. The day starts with a prayer from the rodeo chaplain. Then comes the national anthem as the Miss Santa Fe Trail Queen gallops in with a flag. In a region where farming and ranching go back generations, rodeo is sewn deep into the cultural fabric. But small town populations have been shrinking for decades as young people leave the rural western life for bigger cities. Most counties around here have been emptying since the Dust Bowl. And parents like Vanderham hope that introducing kids to rodeo might spur them to fall in love with their hometown's cowboy culture. Then maybe when those kids grow up, they'll want to get back in the saddle again and take on the family farmer ranch. I'm back in the saddle again. The sport of rodeo was born from real cowboy work. Ranch hands would try to one-up each other at the end of long cattle drives, like the one that passed through Dodge City in the 1800s. But what started out as a pastime for tough guys on the range has become big business all over. Between the horses, the gear, the trucks, trailers, and travel, being a rodeo family today takes a lot of money. A good saddle could cost $2,000. But youth rodeo keeps growing. The number of 5th grade to 12th grade kids competing in Kansas jumped nearly 20% in the past few years. Gene Theodori, a rural sociologist at Sam Houston State University in Texas, isn't surprised. He says a lot of it comes back to the idea that rural America is the last remnant of a bygone, simpler, better lifestyle. He calls it the rural mystique. And rodeo is a picture of that in its purest form. Whether it's real or not, in our minds, it represents that wholesome rural way of life. And we as a society, we yearn for that. Theodore says it fits into a larger trend, too, the Yellowstone effect, a reference to the TV show about a ranching family that's become America's most-watched drama. He says what we're seeing now is just the latest of many waves of interest in old-time Western culture that have washed over American society, especially as the country's become more suburban and urban. And truthfully, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. 
And while city slickers might get anxious seeing a five-year-old ride a full-size horse, serious injuries in youth rodeo are relatively rare. That's thanks to safety measures like helmets becoming more common and to doing activities that are inherently less dangerous than the pros. Instead of clinging to a 1,500-pound bull, these kids are riding their own horse through a timed obstacle course, chasing goats, or lassoing fake steerheads. Back in the arena, nine-year-old Braylon Barrett climbs onto the back of her speckled gray horse named Jesse. What I love about him she's been competing for five years, so she's been bucked off before, dragged too. But nothing that kept her out of the saddle. And that is where she wants to stay. I never want to quit rodeoing. I just want to teach my kids how to ride and train and feel it just like me. For the Kansas News Service, I'm David Condos in Dodge City. Jazz and Kansas City have been linked for over half a century. But some say the art form has lost its luster over time, especially with young listeners. That's why the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra is taking a new approach for its historic 20th season. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports on how the group is embracing education and performance to raise the next generation of musicians. On a small, dimly lit stage at one of Kansas City's oldest live jazz venues, songwriter, producer, and jazz vocalist Lee Langston serenades a packed house. Fans have flocked here to the Phoenix in the first floor of a downtown hotel every Friday night for almost two decades. Langston envelops them in sultry covers of funk, pop, R&B, and jazz hits. Langston has reaped the benefits of being a jazz artist from and in Kansas City, but many others didn't gain prominence until they left town. That includes Olita Adams, Herman Mahari, Eric Lynn, um, who is an artist that is from here and that has moved away. When they wrote up some things on him, it brought me joy to see him say things like, you know, there are people like Lee Langston who has paved the way. That need to leave the area to make it big is why the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra has developed a new vision for their 20th year. Through masterclass programs, quarterly workshops, and other music clinics, the band wants to help raise the next generation of local jazz musicians. Kansas City and jazz? <laughs> to say that you're out of Kansas City and even say the word jazz, people get it immediately. But if they don't get it, they need to sit down and <laughs> do a little bit of research. An upcoming concert that pairs Langston's legendary voice with the 18-piece big band is part of that effort as well. It's called The Future, and the format will give students a chance to perform jazz classics right alongside professionals. Leah Petrie is executive director of the orchestra and the architect of the concert and education programs. She was inspired by her own childhood memory in the center school district. When I was a kid, Sonny Kenner played an assembly for us, and I was probably seven, eight, and I thought it was the coolest thing, and I never forgot. Thirty years later, Petrie started the Jazz Cafe program. It takes jazz out of the age-restricted bars and nightclubs and puts it directly in front of kids. We send a trio out, they play during the lunch period, and generally no cost to the school, and the kids just enjoyed it. And the teachers said that they really had a better afternoon after that. Alyssa Bell is co-founder and instructor at Soundwave Academy, a nonprofit that's also involved in the orchestra's effort. 
This weekend, her students will be part of the opening act. It's a really great experience for the first time to have the mentorship of these professionals. And then on top of that, to be in the Kauffman Center and get to perform with singers, which we don't get to do super often. You know, it's just a lot of new and exciting things for the students. Soundwave provides six-week sessions to teach ear training, music theory, and chamber music. It was founded in 2019. We have 12 string players and we have two saxophone players and a piano player. Our students are from all around the city. Bell says the experience can transform young players and has an effect that extends beyond the concert stage. They're not trying to create conservatory level musicians necessarily, they're just trying to help these kids get out there, get into college and you know, have a place that's safe that they can use their minds. If just a few of those young minds can make a career out of jazz in Kansas City, the art form might just have a bright future in one of its original birthplaces. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Lawrence Brooks IV. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reporting. The Kansas City Jazz Orchestra plays tonight at 8 at the Kauffman Center for Performing Arts. They finish the concert season April 29th. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Madeline Fox, filling in for Nomino Giadine. This podcast was produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Lisa Rodriguez. To get more stories from the Kansas News Service and more coverage from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. And if you like Kansas City Today, give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.